What is this show about? Honey, I talk about it all. What people are thinking but don't say. I'm unrestricted. Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of Unrestricted. First of all, first of all, oh my god, my Jersey accent really just popped out. Okay, thank you guys for the support on the first episode. You guys, oh, your DMs and your comments and just everything. I'm like beyond grateful. So thank you guys so much. This episode today though is very important. Like this, (laughs) it is the most important thing I've learned recently. Grab a snack, grab a drink, and let's get into it. I've always been a very goal-oriented person, very driven. Like, I've always been, like, a dreamer, okay? I'm a dreamer. (laughs) I've always been a dream girl. Oh, my gosh. What is this? Okay. Ever since I was younger, I thought that if I got A, B, and C, I'm going to be so happy. Like, I'm going to be so fulfilled. Like, my life is going to be perfect. I thought that when I get these things, a void in me that I had would be filled. I had a void. And you're like, aw, you had a void, Mia. Aw, you had a void? I still have a void. You still have a void? Are you okay? Wait, wait, uh, what can I do to help? What can I do to fix your void? Honey, you also have a void. So does your best friend. So does your sister. And so does your mom. And so does that person on Instagram that looks literally perfect and you're so jealous of. They also have a void. Every single person on this earth has a void that needs to be filled. There's a bunch of different ways in which we can fill our void. Maybe you're filling your void by just keeping busy, hanging out with your friends as much as possible, or maybe it's by partying. You're always out, you're always drinking, you're always smoking, and that is how you're filling your void. Maybe it's traveling, and you're just spending your whole life traveling to all these different countries, thinking it's gonna fulfill you and make you happy, when in reality, it's just temporary happiness and then you're really still not fulfilled even though it looks like you are on social media you have this amazing life you're not actually happy maybe it's the boyfriend you just started dating you know you start dating him it's like the honeymoon phase you're on cloud nine and then a few months go by you're sitting alone one night and you still feel unfulfilled Maybe you're filling your void through just buying as many shoes as possible. Like you have this insane shoe collection. You can't get enough. Every time you buy a shoe, it makes you, (laughs) every time you buy a new pair of Jordans, you're on top of the world. You're so happy. It really fulfills you. Okay. It really does. And then a few weeks go by and you're like, okay, time for another pair. Time for another pair. Cause I need more. Okay. You're never fully satisfied. You have a YouTube channel. Maybe it's the chase of hitting a million subscribers that's filling your void. You know, you're grinding every day, pushing out this content. You're fulfilling yourself through that way, thinking that that's going to make you happy and that's going to bring you fulfillment. Listen, I could sit here all day talking about all the different ways in which we can fill our void because there's an infinite number of possibilities. But here's the thing. All of these things can fill our void and they will, but only for so long. They all have one thing in common. They're temporary. They don't last. They are temporary forms of happiness. For example, so in high school, I was filling it through academic success. I spent my entire life just focusing on my homework and studying and going to tutoring sessions and SAT prep classes and just doing whatever I could to get into the best college I could get into. And for a few years in high school, academic success was filling my void because that's all I was doing. It was like the chase to get into the best college until I got into Clemson. And Clemson was one of my dream schools. You would think that like when I got into Clemson, one of my dream schools, that I would be like so happy and I would feel so amazing and so fulfilled. But it's actually interesting because when I got in, like I did not feel happy at all. I didn't feel more fulfilled. I actually was just like, okay, now what? Now what am I supposed to do? Like I got in. Okay. I got in. Like now, now what? I needed something else to like do with my life. So I started YouTube. 
And then when I started doing YouTube, I wanted success. So I set a crazy goal for myself. I was like, I'm gonna go from zero subscribers to 100,000 in less than a year because I thought that success and having this influencer lifestyle was gonna make me happy and fulfilled. So I spent like the first year of doing YouTube, that's all I did was grind on YouTube and it was filling my void. It made me so happy. I literally couldn't get enough of doing YouTube. Like it's all I wanted to do. I was so determined to reach a goal. I did in fact reach my goal. I hit 100,000 subscribers. And again, you would think that once I hit 100,000 subscribers that I would be so happy and so fulfilled. But no, again, I wasn't. I wasn't any happier. I wasn't any more fulfilled. Actually, I felt even more unfulfilled. I felt like, oh my gosh, okay, so now I hit 100,000. Now I need to hit a million. Once I hit 100K, I was like, okay, now what? Now I need more subscribers. Now I need more views. I was so unsatisfied with my success on YouTube. I was like, I want more views. I want more subscribers. I want more Instagram followers. I want more clothes. Like it was just like, give me more, give me more, give me more. And it's like, greedy girl. Oh my gosh, greedy girl. That's the thing, we always want more. You could always have more money. Always. Doesn't matter if you're freaking Kim Kardashian. No, you could have more. There's always gonna be more money that you're gonna want. More success. A better body. A bigger butt. A thinner waist, okay? More friends. A little bit of better skin. Better outfits. More outfits. Cooler outfits. More photo shoots. More pictures. You know, more events that you can be invited to. You know, once you desire one thing of this world, like any of those things, once you have one, it's like a ripple effect. Now you're gonna desire so much. We think, no, if I just had one of those things. I have acne right now. If my skin was clear, I would be good. We think, when I find the right boy, all my problems will be gone. When I have the perfect body, all my problems will be gone. If I just go to therapy enough times, I'll be good. If I just up my dosage, I'll be good. When you do up that dosage and when you do get into that new relationship and when you do gain more success and fame and when you do first move across the country, oh, you're on top of the world. It's the honeymoon phase, honey. But then a few days go by, a few weeks, few months, few years, and you're like, um, why do I feel like I did a few months ago? Why do I still feel shitty? Why is my void still there? When you start filling that void in one of those ways, it's gonna work. You're gonna feel amazing. Because the thing is, is these things can fill your void, but only halfway, but not ever fully. They're temporary forms of happiness. And after a few months, a few years, these things that used to fulfill you so much, they just simply no longer fulfill you. You still feel as empty as you did before you had these things, if not even more empty. Like this void has actually grown at this point. And you're like, what the heck? When I first started doing this, it was so amazing. I was so happy. I was so on top of the world. And now I'm like, I need more. You have amazing friends. You're living in this dream location. You have success. You have money. You have the best clothes. But you're just like... I still feel empty. Like, I still feel, why am I depressed though? Like, why do I have anxiety though? I should not be sad. I've recently come to this realization that nothing external is gonna fulfill us. And I think a lot of other people are coming to this realization too. Nothing external can fulfill you. Not even having the most amazing friends who love you so much, not even that. Nothing of this world, including other people, can truly fulfill you. Another thing that's not gonna fulfill you is the new age spirituality that I was obsessed with and that I was in and that led me down the worst dark path ever. 
you know, becoming obsessed with astrology and the fact that Mercury is in retrograde and basing your life around the moon and the stars and having your crystals trying to heal you. Those crystals are of this world. They are physical things. They are not gonna fix your wound that you have inside. They're not gonna cure your anxiety. Same goes for self-therapy and trying to do that shadow work and trying to heal your inner child. That's also not gonna do it. Any spiritual practice you are trying to do to heal yourself. You know, you're trying to find peace and joy through raising your vibration and trying to make your energy better. That also isn't going to do it. I was using that method of void filling for the past year and it led me into a freaking spiral, okay? That does not fulfill you at all. So if nothing external can fulfill us, then what can? Something can, but what is it? We're missing the solution. But recently... I found the solution. I found the answer. I found it. If nothing of this world can fulfill you, that means that only something not of this world can. Something that's not of this world is something you can't see, you can't physically touch. So that means it's spiritual. Oh, it's God. Everything else is just a distraction. We all have a hole. We all have a hole in our soul. <laughs> Seriously though, we genuinely all have this emptiness in our soul. It's like um a missing a missing puzzle piece, okay? It's a missing puzzle piece. And that puzzle piece that fits is literally Jesus. If we don't know Jesus, we're always going to have something that's missing. We're always going to feel a little bit empty or we're always going to reach a point where we feel empty again. But if you know Jesus and he's the center of your life and you put him above all things, you have that puzzle piece and you're whole again. It's literally like Cinderella's slipper, okay? There's only one foot that's going to fit into this slipper and we're like spending our whole lives trying to find this foot. We're trying to find this person to fit our shoe through things of this world and we just keep being shown time and time again nothing of this world fits you might think it fits but then you're proven wrong how many times you're gonna keep trying things of this world before you get to the realization where you're like okay literally there is nothing when god is the center of your life you don't desire things like you used to why because you already have them you already have them not physically but spiritually, mentally, internally, everything you're looking for, the happiness, the fulfillment, the fun, the joy, the confidence, the love, the purpose, God gives that to you. When you have God, you have everything. You no longer feel the need to have the perfect body, the perfect outfits, your Instagram to look perfect. You no longer need your friends and your followers and your family's validation. You already have validation. You already have everything. If you don't have God and you don't know him or he's not the center of your life, you desire everything because you don't have it. You desire confidence, so you look for it in things of this world. You don't know your purpose, so you go out and search and try to figure out your purpose yourself. God has a purpose for you, and it's not just something that's like, oh, God has a purpose for you. Like, <laughs> like no, he genuinely actually like has a purpose for you. And he's waiting for you to turn to him so you can align your heart with his will and you can live out his purpose. When God is not the center of your life and where your eyes are at at all times, you will have success. But it's not doing it for you. You want more. You have an amazing body, but it's not good enough for you. You want it to be better. 
You're constantly desiring more. You're never gonna be satisfied with anything. I literally used to be the absolute queen of desire, okay? I wanted so many things. Anything you can think of, like of this world, I wanted it, okay? I want it to be, you know, in Florida, on the yachts. I want it to be at the beach. I wanted my Instagram to look perfect. I wanted like way more views on YouTube, okay? I was not satisfied with the views that I had. I was like, mm -mm, this is not successful. This is not good. I wanted more subscribers. I was like, oh, I should be at a million. I wanted I wanted more everything. I was not satisfied with anything that I had. And this was before I knew God. This was the past year of my life. And it's the worst way to live. It's actually so terrible. The worst mental state you could literally be in. It's actually so crazy because when I was desiring all these things, I thought that I was so happy. Like I literally thought I found true inner peace and happiness through like spirituality and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm so confident and I'm so happy and I'm living my best life. And I have like all these dreams. I had no idea that I was actually extremely empty because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know God. God. That whole time that I was desiring so much and was so unsatisfied, so unfulfilled, really what I was desiring was this certain feeling. I didn't know what it was I was searching for, you know? It was more so just this feeling of like life that I was lacking. I wanted to feel alive again. Really what I was looking for was God. I was looking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know where to find it. I didn't even know that's what I was looking for until I found it. Anyways, the second I found him, oh, my whole life changed. Ever since starting to live for God, he has removed those desires out of me. So I no longer have them. Like they're just nowhere to be found. I no longer obsess over famous people or like influencers or anyone's lifestyle. I no longer compare myself like any of that. You're at the gym. You just had the craziest workout of your life. You are thirsty and you go over to get a drink. There's two fountains. One is water, and the other one is soda, Coke, root beer, Pepsi, Diet Coke. It's soda, okay? And you know, mmm, soda looks really good. The soda is calling your name. The soda, mmm, it is going to quench your thirst. Yeah, it's gonna make you even more thirsty and even more dehydrated, but it sounds good and you know it's gonna taste good. And it's gonna quench your thirst and it's calling your name, okay? Looks really tempting. But to your left, there's the water fountain. Even though you're not really a big water girl, you know that water is in fact the right option. That water right there, it's Jesus. And that soda, mm-hmm, that is things of this world. When you drink that soda, it is gonna fulfill you. Oh, it's gonna be so good. But as we know, it's temporary. It doesn't last. After 10 minutes, you're gonna be thirsty again. The things of this world, they don't truly fulfill you. They only temporarily can make you happy. Jesus, though, he's the one you're looking for. You want that fulfillment? It's found through him. When you have Jesus, you aren't going to be thirsty again. Not just a bunch of highs and lows of empty, not empty, temporary happiness to depression, temporary excitement to emptiness. No, when you have Jesus, it's consistent fulfillment. In John 4, 14, Jesus says this, Whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. When Jesus said this, he was not kidding. Ever since I gave my life to Jesus, started living for him, started seeking him, and put him at the center of my life, I'm no longer thirsty for things of this world. Here I am, I'm talking about how God is like this fulfillment that we all need and everything, but it's like, honey, don't get it twisted. See, I didn't have God my entire life up until a month ago. So like, I know very well what it feels like to not know God, to not have him in your life at all. And it 
it's terrible. It's literally terrible. You are just going day by day, just distracting yourself with all these other things that like aren't even good for you, aren't doing it for you, aren't fulfilling you. I did not have God for a full 20 years of my life. This is the thing, like my whole life, I always had faith and I always like believed in God. And I thought that that was enough. It's just crazy because like I grew up going to church almost every Sunday, yet I didn't have God in my life. And it's just important to know that just because you grew up, you know, going to church with your family or just because you go to church now, that does not mean you have God in your life. That doesn't mean you know God. You know, I didn't know I was living a life without God until I found God. And I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I didn't know you at all. Just going to church isn't gonna bring you God. It's a choice you make for yourself. You have to open yourself up to him. You know, you have to seek him. I thought that God was someone that was gonna come to me. You know, if God wants me to be happy today, he'll make me happy, you know, cause he's God, he can do anything. You know, if he wanted me to have a good life, like I would have it. I viewed God as like someone who was gonna interfere with my free will more often. And it's like, God is always there. He's like waiting for you to seek him and call out to him or pray to him, but if you don't do that for yourself, he's not gonna force it onto you. Cause that's the thing, like God loves us so much that he gives us the choice to choose him or not. We have the choice to reject him. If God made us and forced us to love him and to know him and to serve him and to be obedient to him and live for him, and you know, if he forced us all to be like that, that would mean he doesn't truly love us. A parent who truly loves their children, right? You know, they're gonna give them guidance. They're gonna say, hey, you know, you shouldn't do this. Be home at this time. Don't do drugs. Don't do this. That's a loving parent. If you didn't have a loving parent, they would not give you any guidance. They would say, do whatever the hell you want. I don't care about you. Go run away from me and escape and do all the drugs you want. I don't care. They would say, literally, just do whatever you feel like doing in the moment. You wanna eat ice cream all day, every day? Yes, do it. That's an unloving parent. There's no guidance. A loving parent gives their children guidance, but a loving parent also doesn't manipulate their kids and tie them down and force their children to do things. A loving parent's going to give you guidance, but then is also going to give you freedom. That's like God. Because he truly loves us, like he doesn't look at us as freaking robots. He's not going to like control our moves and like force us to do things. He says, hey, if you want to be happy, do A, B, and C. You know, put your Lord God above all things. Focus on me at all times. Don't do this. Don't do that. And you'll be fulfilled. But if you don't want to listen to me, if you don't want to put me before all things, if you do want to do A, B, and C, go for it. It's up to you. James 4, 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He's waiting for you to turn to him so he can give you this peace. He can give you this joy. He can give you this happiness. But if you aren't accepting him into your life, if you're not choosing him, you're not going to get that. You have to allow him in. Mia, okay, so you're saying that God is the only one who can fill your void, but um, I cannot see God. I don't even know if I believe in him. I don't have him in my life. Like, I don't feel him. Even if that is true, what you're saying, how could someone or something that I can't even see, can't even be proven to be real or not, possibly fill someone's void or fill my void? Like, it just seems a little bit, oh, I don't know, impossible. But here's the thing, every single thing that can fill your void, 
that guy you're hooking up with, that weed that you're smoking, the alcohol you're drinking, the friends you're surrounding yourself with and keeping yourself busy with, the new clothes you're buying, just whatever it may be, right? Anything that could possibly fill your void. It's not the physical things themselves that are filling your void. It is the feeling in which they're giving you that's filling your void temporarily. It's not the Tito's itself, physically, the Tito's bottle that's filling your void. It's not the bar itself that's filling your void. But it is the feeling that you feel once you've had a few shots of the Tito's. It's the way you feel when you're in that bar, when you're hanging out there. It's not your friends themselves, like physically, just them existing that is filling your void. It is the love and the attention and the validation that they give you. And it's not the guy that you've been getting with himself, physically just him that's filling your void. It's the way he's making you feel that's filling your void right now. It's that on and off highs and lows that this boy is making you feel because one day he texts you, he gives you attention, he wants to hang out, and then the next day he completely ghosts you and just ignores you and acts like you don't exist and is like talking to other girls. It's that excitement, that chase of like, ooh, is he gonna text me today? Is he gonna Snapchat me today? Is he gonna ask me to hang out today? It's kind of like keeping you busy. It's distracting you and it's fulfilling you for the time being. It's filling your void. The things that can fill our void are never physical. It's the feelings behind them. So that also goes for God. That also goes for people who are reading the Bible, reading a devotional, praying, going to church. It's not the physical copy of the Bible, the physical copy of that devotional that you're reading that's filling your void. And it's not the church itself physically that's filling your void. No. It's the feeling that Jesus offers you when you seek him and open yourself up to him. He brings you the true peace and joy and freedom that you've been looking for your entire life that is actually only found through him. Everything else is just temporary. Every single person that's listening to this right now, we all want one thing, and that thing is to feel loved. We want attention, and we want support and validation. Like, we want those feelings. And so we go out looking for these feelings in different people your friends, your boyfriend, your family, your followers, or through different things, physical things. And yes, we do find them, but they're only temporary. And what happens when those things leave you? What happens when your friends ditch you? What happens when your boyfriend breaks up with you? And when your family disowns you, what happens? There is someone who gives you all of those feelings that you're looking for, like actually gives them to you. And it's God. Matthew 6, says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If you guys listened to the first episode of Unrestricted, you learned one thing, and that thing is the fact that Satan is the father of lies. In John 8, Jesus speaks about Satan, and he says, He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and is the father of lies. There are so many lies that he tells, but this is one of the many, is the fact that we don't need God. If we don't have God, we'll be okay. You can find fulfillment and satisfaction through means of this world. You can find satisfaction through your friends, or your boyfriend, or success, or money, or vanity. You don't need God, you just need things of this world. That's what Satan says, and we know he is the father of lies. Without even realizing that we're listening to these lies, we are listening to them. We don't even realize what we're doing. That's why Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. And we really don't know what we're doing. 
because we don't have the foundation of God and His wisdom, we are not aware that what we're doing is we are living our lives listening to Satan, giving in to the temptation that he's putting in front of our face, number one. And number two, we're listening to the belief that things of this world can fulfill us and will fulfill us eventually, when actually we're being shown time and time again that the things of this world, one, do not fulfill us, do not satisfy us, do not fill this void. And number two, are actually bringing us further and further away from the peace and the fulfillment that we're looking for. Jesus is literally the only one that tells the truth. He's the only one that's not going to switch up on us one day. He's the only one that we can trust because what he says actually is true. Ever since I took myself off of the pedestal that I put myself on and I denied myself and I was like, all right, I'm going to follow Jesus. I have found nothing but peace and happiness in life. I've never felt so alive before. And that's the thing. Living a life in sin, living for this world leads to death mental death, spiritual death, internal death. But when you live for Christ, you find life, internal life, like mental life. You feel alive again. That's one of the things I never used to believe or understand. I was like, how could God make me feel something? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. And it's not for us to comprehend as humans with our mind. We're not supposed to try to figure out God and how he works because he's beyond our comprehension. But the fact of the matter is, is he actually does do those things. He literally restores our mind, like actually. And how does he do it is when you open yourself up to him. We were given free will. If you want to feel good and you want to feel the love, if you want to feel all the things God has to offer, you have to be the one to be like, okay, let me just try it for myself. And you open yourself up to Jesus and you allow him in and you say like straight up, take away my depression, take away my anxiety, take away this feeling that I have, take it, I give it to you. And he will answer your prayers. And I have so much confidence right now that if you literally ask him tonight to take away whatever it is that you're struggling with, any addiction, if you ask him to take it out of your mind, out of your soul, out of your heart right now, I know he will do it and he will replace it with something else. Do not think for a second that God is okay with your depression and that he's okay with your anxiety because he's not and he didn't give it to you. He did not give it to you. He does not want it for you and he's waiting for you to pray to him and ask him to remove it and to work a miracle in your life. So many people who are listening to this right now, he is going to change you. He's going to take away your mental illness. It's not the medicine. It's not the therapy. It's not anything spiritual practice. No, it's none of that that's going to cure you. It's him. Give it to him. He wants to heal you. He wants to take negative, evil thoughts and he wants to deliver you from them. Okay, Mia, so you're saying that the only way we can truly be fulfilled forever is through Jesus. So how do I do that? Because I get what you're saying. I want to give it a try. But how do I do that? I've gotten a few DMs from people saying, I feel so disconnected from God. I've been living my entire life without Jesus. I don't even know where to start. And they say, how do I become closer? How do I even become close at all? How do I even start building this relationship? 
I feel like there's this misconception with God where people think he's like unapproachable, which I get. I mean, I thought that too, but he's actually so easy to talk to. He's so welcoming and loving and open. If he were to appear right in front of you right now, he is that person that you just would instantly start like sharing your entire life story with just because you feel so comfortable around him and you're like, oh my God, why do I feel so comfortable around this person? Yeah, because he's Jesus, okay? Don't look at God as like a religion. Look at it as a relationship. Treat God like a best friend, a friend that you want to be closer with. If you have a friend and you want to be closer with them or even acquaintance and you want to be closer to them, you start talking to them more. You start inviting them over. You tell them your tea. You tell them the drama. You tell them about your boy life. You tell them about your family life maybe. You tell them about your insecurities. You tell them about your issues, what's going on in your head. You know, you you chat. You chat it up with them. When you're feeling terrible or you're feeling amazing, you talk to him, whether that be in the car in the shower, in your room, on a walk, wherever. But the thing is, is that, you know, a healthy, true relationship is not one-sided. You know, I can't just be yapping Jesus's ear off and then not letting him talk to me. That would just not be, that's like, okay, I don't even know him because I haven't even heard him talk. That would mean he just knows me. I don't even know him. If you want to truly be close to Jesus, you got to let him speak to you too. And how do you do that is by reading the Bible. I used to never understand why anyone would read the Bible. I didn't even know what the Bible was. That's not, I'm not even kidding. I literally didn't know what it was. I didn't know what the Bible was, why someone would obsess over it, why people were studying it. But about a month ago, I started feeling like I should have a Bible and I should start reading it. And it's weird because no one told me I should go and get a Bible. No one suggested to me that I start reading the Bible. It's not like my mom reads the Bible and said, oh Mia, you should start doing this. No, my mom doesn't even read the Bible. Neither does my dad. Randomly, like I just couldn't stop thinking of the Bible. Like I was really, really drawn to it. And I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what the heck? And I was just like kind of ignoring it. I was like, okay, no, I'm not going to the store and buying a Bible. Like, do I look like a nun? No, okay, I'm not doing that. But I imagined me one day coming face to face with Jesus and him saying, did you read my book? It's not even that I would like feel bad for not reading it, but it's more so that I know that I would regret not reading it. I would regret not discovering what God spoke. You know, like, I want to know God's word. One day I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go get a Bible. Now I'm kind of curious. So first of all, I went to Barnes & Noble. I went to the Bible section. There's all these different translations of the Bible. The one that I liked the best and the one that I got and the one that I'm reading is the NIV version. It's the New International Version translation. There's like small text, large print, and then there's enormous print. And that's the one I got, okay? Because I cannot read small print. So I did get the enormous print one. So I brought the Bible home and I opened up to the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. This is the story of Jesus's life. You actually see what Jesus said, how Jesus talked, how Jesus lived. You see his character. I started reading Luke and I couldn't stop. <laughs> I couldn't stop reading it. First of all, it was so interesting. I understood it like completely. I was expecting not to understand the Bible. Oh, I felt like it was geared towards a five-year-old. I totally understood. Are you kidding me? I feel like it was speaking to me. Like I understood it so well. When I am reading this Bible, my jaw is literally on the floor. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so, oh, so this is, oh, Okay. Oh, so this is okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's why. Oh, this makes sense. Oh, wait. So. Oh my gosh! Everything I was reading 
I could relate to it. And I was like, this is crazy. Who was gonna tell me? Literally, again, who was gonna tell me that the Bible was actually like interesting? So I've been reading it every single day. The first few days of me reading it, I was like, what's going on? Like, how am I actually sitting here reading the Bible for fun? I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, what is happening to me? But this is how God works, especially in the beginning when he's like calling you back to him. It's like these gut feelings you'll get. They're not gonna seem cool or like seem normal. You're gonna think it's really weird and you're gonna be like, why am I feeling these things? Why do I have the urge to like go and buy a Bible and start reading it? Why do I have the urge right now to like pray more often? Like what's going on? Because all my friends around me aren't doing this. This isn't considered normal. This is like really weird. No, it's not. This is how God works. If you're feeling called, don't be scared. You're feeling that for a reason. Like listen to it, you know? That is literally him knocking on your heart. And it's actually so cool when you stop being so stubborn and thinking it's weird and you realize like this is actually so cool and you listen to what he's telling you to do. Like, oh my gosh, your life is about to change. You're gonna look back and be like, good thing I listened because look where it led me. This is my favorite, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Those who are hungry for God. You are excited to read the Bible. You're excited to learn about him and how to live for him. Living for Jesus is righteousness. You're hungry for that righteousness. You're putting in that effort to grow closer to Jesus and to live more and more for him. That means you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And it says, I'll say it again, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. So if you wanna get closer to Jesus, that's all you gotta do. Yes, pray and talk to him, but more importantly, let him speak to you. God is God. He literally has the answer to everything. We all wanna be satisfied and fulfilled. We all want the same thing and we all need the same thing and he knows that and that's why he gives us the answer to every question we have but we don't believe him. The truth is too hard for us to hear. The truth is too uncomfortable for us. So we reject it. And we'd rather live a life listening to lies because it's more comfortable. If something terrible happens to you, like you fall and you scrape your cheek, obviously in that moment, you're not gonna wanna go to the hospital because that's just like a whole hassle, but obviously that's what you do. Your friends bring you to the hospital and they clean out your cut with the alcohol and they stitch it up and it is like terrible pain. But the next week you look back at that day and you're like, good thing I went to the hospital and got that cleaned out. Cause now I'm healing, now I'm all good. If I hadn't gone, this thing on my cheek would have been extremely infected. When physical things happen to us and we like physically get hurt, we fix the situation at hand like instantly because we know that if we were to just leave it, it would just get worse. But we don't act like that in our spiritual life. We feel so unfulfilled instead of fixing the issue at hand and turning to God, which is gonna hurt. When you turn to God, it's not gonna be all rainbows and butterflies and easy and fun, no. When you turn to God, you're gonna read the Bible, you're gonna start talking to God and you're gonna feel those convictions. God's gonna straight up tell you, hey, like the lifestyle you're living, yeah, it's leading you into spiritual death. Like your mental state is dying because you're living this sinful lifestyle. Because you're involved in hookup culture, you are actually deteriorating your soul. Just letting you know. God will start to show you like, hey, these people aren't good for you. This person isn't good for you. This lifestyle, what are you doing? So it's not gonna be fun turning to God. He's not going to tell you you're doing amazing. No, he's going to convict you. He's going to actually show you what you're doing right now is actually like really not okay. 
for your soul. He loves you so much that he's not going to leave you where you are right now. No, he's going to change you. He's going to change your desires and he's going to change your mind and your heart and your soul. You'll be doing things that you used to do all the time and God will just pop in and be like, what are you doing? You'll be like in the middle of hooking up with someone. You're going to hear this voice or this gut feeling that tells you, what are you doing? And you're just like, okay, like, you're right. What am I doing? You know, it's just kind of this wake up. Like God is shaking you. Like, why are you doing this? You're going to be in the middle of like reading your horoscope and God's going to be like, what are you doing? It's hard and it's uncomfortable, but you have to be shown that your lifestyle that you're living right now isn't how he wants you to live in order to change for him if you want that for yourself. Ever since I did open myself up to him and started to change my life for him, it has been so amazing. My void is completely fulfilled. It's like more than fulfilled. It's like overflowing. Like it's overflowing. I could literally sit here and talk for 10 more hours straight, but we're not going to do that. That is for the next next episode okay to stay updated on what's going on with this podcast youtube videos all that stuff you can follow the unrestricted podcast account which is just at unrestricted podcast on instagram you can also follow my instagram which is just underscore underscore mia salazar to stay updated have an amazing day an amazing weekend an amazing night an amazing life and i will see you next time on unrestricted love you guys